Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Guys, we're, we're going through the Gospel of Matthew. We've been working through it week by week, one verse at a time, or a couple of verses, or three or four verses at a time. And we're presently in the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is kind of talking to the folks there who are listening to him as he's preaching from the mountainside about who is a part of the kingdom, and what is true spirituality. And if you notice, when we went through chapter 5, he talked about certain heart issues. Now we're in chapter 6. He's talking about proper motives. And he's going to kind of wrap up this discussion before he moves on to some other things. And he's going to talk about what spirituality is. What does it mean to be truly a spiritual person? And to be honest with you folks, I think this is something that we really need to wrap our brain around. Because if you've grown up in church or if you've been a part of church for a long time, you can develop in your mindset what true spirituality is. And and the reality is it may not be true spirituality. It may be a false spirituality. And we're going to see Jesus talk about that this morning. We're going to look today specifically at three verses, verses 16, 17, and 18. He's going to be talking about the issue of fasting. While we're going to briefly talk about that, we're going to talk more about the overall general principle of what he wants to talk about. What do we need to address this for, George? Well, because there's a reality, whether you realize it or not, there is an implied reality when you come to church. An implied reality. Let me give you my story. I've been a believer now 30 years. 1985, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I attended the University of South Carolina as an engineering student. A fellow student of mine went to a Baptist church. He invited me to a Bible study, went to that Bible study. That evening, I found myself, after reading the Gospel of John, giving my life to Jesus Christ. Started attending a little bitty independent Baptist church in West Columbia, South Carolina. And you have to have to understand, I didn't grow up in church. And, and one of the things I realized was is all I ever wore were jeans, T-shirts, and maybe long-sleeve flannel shirts. That was it. And so now I've been, I'm saved, I've been invited to church, and I knew enough growing up in the South that when you go to church, you're supposed to dress up. So I went to my dad, and I said, Dad, I'm going to church. Do you have a coat and a tie? He said, okay, yeah. And he went and dug through some mothballs and broke out a jacket, two sizes too small for me, but I put it on. And you have to understand, this was 1985, but he had ties from the 1970s. And some of you remember these. They were those big, fat, wide, puke-colored ties. So I put one of those on. And I went to church. Now, I have to be at that church. They were, they loved us. That's a church that ordained me later. And they were gracious with me and they loved me. But I'll be honest with you folks. There was an implied reality. In that church, there was an implied reality of what spirituality is. And it wasn't necessarily right. So I'm going to give you two thoughts before we look at what Jesus says here about this implied reality. Here's the thing. Church culture subtly communicates a form of spirituality. You need to recognize that. That's even true for our church. We're a casual, come-as-you-are church. 
That's where life is at. But even for our church or any other church, we communicate, whether we realize it or not, we communicate a, we subtly communicate. It's not like overtly. It's not like a big, we've got a list of rules. This is what we need you to do. But we communicate subtly a, a message of what spirituality is. Do you understand? So like when I went to that little church in, in, in South Carolina, I didn't have to worry about one thing. One thing I realized is you had to have short hair. I didn't have a problem with that because I grew up in an army home. My dad was a drill sergeant, and guess what was, did not exist in his house? Long hair. So I didn't have a problem with that one immediately. I knew I'm okay here because that was a sense of spirituality. And I knew that I had to dress up. And I knew I had to be at every event. And there's a sense in which when you go to church, no matter what the church is, there's a culture within that church that communicates a form of, are you ready for that, spirituality. And if people don't conform to that level of spirituality, they begin to wonder, well, maybe they're not spiritual. Maybe they're not a Christian. Maybe they're not right with God. You know what I'm talking about? See, that's the thing. The implied reality is church culture subtly communicates a form of spirituality. But here's the, here's the problem. All of that's not necessarily bad. It can be good. Peer pressure can be good, right? But there, see, there's a dark side to everything. And here's the second point I want to make, make mention to you of, and that's this. Church culture fosters a false spirituality in people. Church culture can foster a false spirituality in people. What do you mean by that, George? Well, here's the thing. If you go to a church, and it doesn't have to be a legalistic church. It can be a church where they are into experiencing things in their service, charismatic gifts or whatever. You can go to an extreme in church where as long as you're doing the right things or having the right experience, you're okay with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? As long as I come, fill a pew, put money in the offering, I'm okay with God so I can do whatever I want to do. Or as long as I come in some churches and have some sort of experience, I'm okay with God. Well, the problem is, are you listening to me? The problem is that you can do all the right things and have all the right experiences and not be right. What are you talking about, George? Well, some of you, some of you weren't around then, but, you know, in 1987, two preachers fell that were pretty well known. Everybody was watching them on TV. Some folks weren't, but there were some who were. One was Jim Baker and the other was Jimmy Swaggart. And one, Jimmy Swaggart, on his show would have all these manifestations on his show of some sort of experience with God. But in the background of his life, we all know there was a lot of darkness, wasn't there? See, here's the thing. You can conform to the church culture and do all the right stuff and still be messed up. But as long as you're doing the right stuff, praying the right way, carrying the right Bible, and folks, that can be true right here in our church. As long as you sing the songs, know when to stand up, get involved, you can have this false sense of spirituality and really not deal with the what? The root issues of your heart. That's what's going on here. That's the implied reality. That's the darkness. That's what Jesus is getting at. Why is Jesus getting at that? Because he's dealing with a bunch of Pharisees who are doing all the right things, but on the inside, they're messed up. And he's wanting to communicate to us what true spirituality is. True spirituality. So let's look at these verses together. He's going to use the illustration that they are familiar with in their culture, the issue of fasting to communicate a greater point for you and I. So let's look at it together. Look with me, verse 16. 
Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. Now here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take these three verses, this section right here, we're going to divide it up into two sections. We're going to look, first of all, verse 16, and talk about hidden motives. Okay, does everybody understand? Just before I go on, does everybody understand? Does everybody recognize that in church, sometimes there's hidden motives? Everybody recognize that? If you haven't, you need to wake up. Hidden motives, we're going to look at that, verse 16. And then we're going to look at true spirituality. In verses 17 through 18. So let's talk about hidden motives. Look with me at verse 16. He's using a a, a practice that was very common in their culture, in the Jewish culture, the issue of fasting, where, where somebody would go without eating for a period of time. And what they did with that religious practice. So look here. Two things I want you to see here. First of all, look at what he says there, verse 16. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites. Let me just stop for a moment. Hypocrite there means actor comes from the word meaning actor. Do not be like a hypocrite or an actor, portraying something that you're not, with a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Most assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Here's two things I want you to see. Number one, false spirituality draws attention to itself. False spirituality draws attention to itself. Here's what happens. You can start going to a church, and sooner or later, whether you realize it or not, you begin to realize what the culture is in that church. Like, for instance, you started attending here. After a while, you would begin to realize what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Does everybody understand? That's true in any church. You begin to realize what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. What is looked at as spiritual behavior that really sets you apart and what's not looked at as spiritual behavior. And what ends up happening is this. If your motives are wrong, and trust me, folks, we can all have wrong motives. Does everybody understand that? If your motives are wrong, you can begin to engage in the spiritual activities of your church for one purpose only, to draw attention to what? To yourself. To draw attention to yourself so that people can say, Wow, isn't he a great guy? Wow, isn't he a spiritual dude? Or or they'll say things like, oh, I could never pray like brother so-and-so. Or I could never, I remember sister so-and-so and how she used to do all these things. I could never do things like that. Here's the thing, folks, you don't know what their motives were. And false spirituality wants you to see what they're doing. Because here's what they were doing. Here's what these folks would do. So you have to understand, it's their culture. They were want, the Pharisees were wanting to draw attention to themselves as they were spiritual people. So here's what they did when they would fast. They'd make themselves look like they were fasting. They would disfigure their faces. What in the world does that mean? Maybe they applied just a little too much makeup in some areas to make it look like they were having a hard time. They were suffering. Maybe they messed up their hair. Maybe they were moaning, oh, I'm so hungry. Why are you hungry? I'm fasting to the Lord. 
Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, they were drawing it. Oh, he's so spiritual. Every Wednesday he fasts. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Why is he telling everybody? Why is he acting that way? Because he's wanting attention from God? Not necessarily. Do you understand? He's talking about motives of why we do what we do. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Not everything that's done in church is for with a proper motive. You may want to write that one down. Not everything that's done in church is done with a proper motive. Some people do things because they want to be recognized. Some people do things because they just want to impress people. Here's the thing. Jesus is saying that's false spirituality. Because it's drawing attention to yourself. Here's the second thing I want you to see from verse 16. And here's the reality that you and I need to understand. Such spirituality will not be rewarded by God. Jesus said they already have their reward. What reward's that? The acclamation, the oohs and ahs that they got from other people? Here's the thing, folks. We just, uh, it was beautiful this morning, wasn't it? Watching two people expressing their faith in Jesus Christ be baptized. But here's the thing, there's a whole lot more to it than just getting saved. It's living your life for Jesus. And as you live your life for Jesus, when you go before God as a Christian, you're going to be part of what's known as the first judgment. What do you mean the first judgment? Well, it's not a judgment if you're a believer that you are going to go to hell. You've already got that settled because you put your faith in Jesus Christ. It's going to be a judgment of what you did with your salvation what you did while you're here, and all of your works will be judged. And this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We build on a foundation. And and Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that we build with either wood, hay, or stubble, or with gold, silver, and precious stones. And we will appear before him in judgment, and God will judge that with the fire of his judgment. Now listen to me, folks. What happens when wood, hay, stubble go through fire? It burns up. Now what happens to gold, silver, and precious stone when they go through fire? They're refined. And then Paul says this. The apostle says this. It's almost sad. He says, there will be some who will lose everything, but they'll only have their salvation. What's he implying? That everything they did was worthless. Why? Because they were already rewarded. Why they did what they did was for the accolades, the, the attaboys, and, and the oohs and ahs of people. It wasn't for the Lord. See, that's false spirituality. And the problem is, is that in church, we can foster a culture that, 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 that perpetuates that. So what is, what is true spirituality, George? Well, look with me. He's going to give some instructions here concerning the issue of properly fasting. And from that, we're going to get some principles here about what true spirituality is. Look with me at verse 17. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that when you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I want you to see four things here. Number one, true spirituality exists in the normal mundane routines of life. That's where true spirituality is. True spirituality exists in the normal mundane experiences, routines of life. Because look at what he says there. When you fast, wash your hair, wash your face, look normal. What's the point? The point is, it should be just a part of your life 
every day. Well, that's not exciting. Nobody's going to be giving me an attaboy. That's the point of spirituality, folks. You're not wanting to draw attention to yourself. You're communing with your God, walking with him, not trying to draw attention to yourself. And it exists in the normal humdrum stuff. What do you mean the normal humdrum stuff? Well, think about your week. You're going to have the same normal week this week, aren't you? You're going to watch the game today. Lay on the couch for your nap. Have your dinner. Maybe watch a show tonight. Get up in the morning. Slap the alarm clock. Drink your coffee. Take a shower. Head to work. Go through the normal stuff at work. Come home. Have your normal meal. Go to bed. Guess what? Tuesday coming. Same thing. And it happens. You exist in your walk with Jesus in the normal. Be normal. That's what he's talking about here. It's in the normal routine of life. Here's the second thing I want you to see here. I've already mentioned it briefly to you. True spirituality does not draw attention to the person. True spirituality does not draw attention to the person. You know, I've been pastoring over 20 years. I've been here for over 14 and a half years now as your pastor here. I'm going to tell you some, about some of the truly spiritual people in our church. They do not draw attention to themselves. You would not even know who they were. I know who they are because I've been here. I've interacted with them. I've watched them. You, you see it by watching them. Well, I thought they're not supposed to draw attention to themselves. No, folks, it comes over time that you begin to realize that with some people, there's a level of depth of spirituality. And here's one thing I want you to know about those people. They always make an effort for people not to know what they're doing because they're doing it for one person, Jesus. Did you understand what I'm saying? They quietly help people. They quietly do things around the church. Well, who did that? Sometimes I walk around here and I say, who did that? Somebody did something. They saw something, saw a need, and they did it. And and here's the thing. They didn't leave a note on my office door saying, hey, I took care of that problem. They just did it. And nobody nobody knows that they're doing it. Sometimes I catch them. Oh, how you doing? And I just go on. I don't bring it. Because they're not doing it for the attention. Do you understand? True spirituality doesn't draw attention to itself. So let's stop for a moment, okay? Think about it. We just... It, I. I think it was a God thing this morning that they played in three different keys. Now they're thinking, no, it wasn't. It was terrible. No, no, I think it's a God thing. I'll tell you why. Because that's life. And I've been in church where everything, I'm going to be honest with you folks, where everything was perfect. Everything from, everything was choreographed as far as the service and everything. And, and, and you very much felt like when you were there, they're there and you're there and you're never going to get there. Did you understand what I'm saying? That spirituality is up here and I'm down here with my stuff and there's no way I'm getting there. And as far as I'm concerned, it's okay for them to pay, play in three different keys as long as they catch themselves. Because that's life. We're not perfect. And sometimes the perfect people do the perfect things to what? draw attention to themselves. This is what Jesus is saying. Don't draw attention to yourself. You, you wash your hair. You take care of yourself. You don't go around broadcasting, I'm doing something spiritual. Here's the, here's the third thing I want you to see there. Humility is at the heart of true spirituality. Humility is at the heart of true spirituality. Look, look with me. 
so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. Here, you know, a humble person realizes this is not about me. A humble person realizes it's about God. And, and what they do is to who? God. And they're very humble about it. They don't want to be recognized. You know, I, I would, I would, I, you know, sometimes I want to say, hey, we need to acknowledge you. And they're like, don't tell anybody. I don't want, I don't want to get up in front of people. They're truly humble. And they do far more things than somebody who's up here all the time. Do you understand what I'm saying? And greater will be their reward than my reward. Do you understand what I'm saying? Greater will be their reward than my reward. Here's the fourth and final thing. God rewards those who are truly spiritual. I I have this picture in my mind. We're going to be in that first judgment. Remember I told you about that first judgment? Our works are all going to be judged. And some of you are going to be there and you're going to be totally shocked. Because he's going to bring up something that you did quietly, humbly for the Lord that you thought nobody would even care about. In your mind, you've got pictures of like Billy Graham or this guy or that guy really getting lots of rewards for what they did for Jesus. But then you're going to realize that when they get up there, like me, they're not going to have much. But then when you get up there, you hear, you hear the, you hear Jesus say to you, well done thou good and faithful servant. Don't you remember when you did this? In fact, here's how Jesus said it. It's in the Gospels. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was in prison, and you visited me. And they'll say to him, Lord, Lord, when did we do those things? When did we? And here's what he said. When you did it to the least of these, my brethren, You did it to me. See, that's what true spirituality is. Some of you are going to be shocked when Jesus really rewards you. Because you just thought you were doing what was right. And you weren't doing it to impress anybody. But here's the thing, you were impressing somebody, weren't you? You were impressing the one who needed to be impressed, God. And he will reward you. God rewards those who are truly spiritual. You say, okay, George, wow, what do we do with this? How do we wrap this up? Well, here's the first question you need to ask yourself. I want you to think about everything we've talked about. I want you to think about where you're at. And and this is not a question you answer right now. This is a question you've got to go home and think about. Have you been deceived by church culture? Have you been deceived by church culture? I'd like to say that in the 30 years of knowing Jesus that I have always had it together. I haven't. But because here's the thing, I can remember, you know, I've been here 14 and a half years some of you were here when I came 14 and a half years. It was just a small group of people. And, and you'll remember that when I came 14 and a half years ago, I had a suit on and a tie. 
Do you remember that? I had a lot more hair then. And it wasn't as gray as it is now, or white as it is now. Even then, I had a sense of a spirituality that was not necessarily right. But I'm going to tell you what God did. God opened my eyes to the reality that people all need Jesus, right? And we have to take them where they're at. Just like he took a 19-year-old punk in South Carolina who had a major attitude and changed his life. That's me. He's got to take people where they're at and change their lives. That's what our church is. It's a church of real people where anyone can come and find Jesus Christ and learn to walk in obedience. That's who we are. But you know, the first step of getting there in your life is you've got to ask yourself the question, have you been deceived by church culture? I remember, here's the thing, Lori and I first got married, and uh, we got married, and I, I, I came up, I graduated from seminary, and we moved moved in our little house over near Smicksburg, PA, and we started attending her independent Baptist church where she and her family were, her dad's a deacon there, and we went there, and I went to church, and I remember I got my suit on for Sunday morning, and Lori looked at me and said, why are you wearing that? Well, we're going to church. And she said, well, this isn't Thomas Road Baptist Church anymore. You're going to my church. And so, yeah, but it's, I'm, you know, I'm going to church. So I went to church, and, and me and the preacher were the only ones wearing a suit. Because there were dairy farmers there, and, and you know, it's just like, and so guess what? I had to give up the suit. She's smiling at me. She's had to put up a lot with me. Have you been deceived by church culture? You've got to ask yourself, what's really important? Do you understand what I'm saying? Here's the second question. Is the church culture pressing you into a false spirituality? Is the church culture pressing you into a false spirituality? What do you mean by that, George? Well, you know, I told you, every church, including our church, communicates a standard of spirituality that is not necessarily right. But you can get pressed into doing all the right things and think that you're okay, but the reality is is you are just as messed up on the inside in your heart, struggling with the same old stuff, but you think you're okay because you're doing everything else okay. Is the church culture pressing you into a false spirituality? So what do we do about that, George? Well, here's the point. Here's what I, here's the action point. Here's what I want you to think about this week. I want you to ask the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to help you to humbly become truly spiritual in your everyday life. That's a lot, isn't it? Ask the Spirit to help you to become truly spiritual, to humbly help you to become truly spiritual in your everyday life. He's the only one that's going to change you. He's the only one that's going to show you that that thing that you think is so important is meaningless. 
thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.